welcome to Sugar We're Going In, y'all. This is Scarlett, a.k.a. Scardi B, a.k.a. your resident emo historian. And join me as I unpack the history of Fall Out Boy and hip-hop. So 2003 was the start of the Fall Out Boy that we know. Officially, their first album was Evening Out With Your Girlfriend, even though Andy wasn't on that album. It was a pretty transitionary um, album, not only for the sound, but also with when Andy joins, the sound gets harder, gets darker, and um, I think gets more cinematic and expansive, and we really hear that sound mature through the other albums. So Take This to Your Grave comes out in 2003. Wow, wow, wee, wow. It is an amazing album. If you don't go absolutely nuts when you hear that dial tone at the beginning of Tell That Mick, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You have no pulse. Take This to Your Grave really, really shined a light on the team that Fall Out Boy makes. The lyrics, the the beats, the sound, the percussion, and not only that, the live shows. I mean, if you have a second, please watch the video to Dead on Arrival. These guys had soul, had punk soul, and uh, no pun intended, so punk. Um, but had a lot of energy behind what they were doing, which made them quickly, at least locally, uh, very well known. And they got to touring. And between 2003 and 2004 is where we really start seeing those first inklings of, okay, great, we play rock, we like punk, but what we love is hip hop. So in 2004, this is where we really see Pete Wentz stepping up into his A&R hip hop loving role and starts to K-dance records. This is Pete Wentz. You're a friendly owner of Decadence Records. And uh, I just wanted to, what are we doing this for again? So let's talk about Decadence because there's so much to unpack here. So Decadence Records is a record label. It's Pete, it's Patrick, it's really Pete. Um, but it had people on there like Gym Class Heroes, Travis McCoy as his own solo artist, Tyga, Tyga. Okay, back in 2005 and four, Tyga. Okay, so we're talking like Rack City, Lime in the Coconut, Tyga. Sorry, I will never get over it because I've I've known him since then. You know, he's been working closely with Pete and Patrick, and that's how I was introduced to Tyga in real time. But in Decadence, this happened really between, you know, Take This to Your Grave and From Under the Cork Tree that would then come out in 2005. Um, and then we see things like Pete Wentz and Lil Wayne in a Tyga music video in 2008. And we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll dive deeper. But again, just giving y'all context. And then finally, in talking about signing Gym Class Heroes, um, there is an awesome, awesome article by Mary Ann Eloise for the 45. And um, I think that she really nailed this article. It's called uh, Decadence Records, an oral history told by Pete Wentz, Trevor McCoy, Gabe Zaporta, Spencer Smith, et cetera, et cetera. Had so many names in the game just talking about this time. And this was back in 2020. But let's talk a little bit about what was said, right? So 
what Pete saw was a seismic shift in the scene that his band in part catalyzed. And he wanted to offer space for artists who, like him, had struggled to find a true home. Mary Ann, you really crushed it right out the gate. So again, these are her words, um, and I'm reading you a bit of the article. So operating more like a hip-hop collective than an alternative label with touring artists and collaborating together, Decadence dominated in the mid-aughts when, with its artists appearing on TV, radio, movie soundtracks, aka Snakes on a Plane, you might have remembered. That was like literally the Marvel Universe of <laughs> Decadence, if, if you know, you know. But while the label's relevance would decline over the next few years, in an era of SoundCloud rap and genre hopping, its impact still remains. The foundation of Decadence laid and made space for artists today who blend hip-hop, electronic music, and emo. Nailed it. I love, love, love this article, and I will definitely link it in the show notes for anybody to enjoy, because Mary Ann, you really put your foot in it, and I really appreciate you for that. So let's talk about some pieces of that interview that I think were really important. Like, Pete, here we go. In late 2004, I remember hearing a Gym Class Hero song, Taxi Driver, that referenced all these emo and pop punk bands. And I was like, that's strange. And I agree. That song is really interesting. I mean, Travi really goes in. And I'll make a playlist of all these songs so you can hear it. But like, listen to li- listen to the lyrics and tell me how many references you hear. My little chemical romance left a bad taste in my mouth. But I approached her like, hey, Mercedes, why the long face? Why are you crying? There's no need. Just throw on this coheed and fallout boy meets girl Jimmy Eat World in between the frowns, the scrapes, and the heart attacks. And I remember I seen her ass in early November on a Thursday, taking back Sunday for a refund. She shot a wink like no hard feelings. Then she jetted to Brazil. Man, them pills had me spun. This is the story of the year right here. This is hot water music. Put your ramen in it. If Pete once was like, that's strange, that's a compliment, right? So Jonathan Daniel, who was, who is, was, whatever, uh, Pete Wentz's manager um, was like, about this specific time, Pete was drawn to hip-hop, especially the lifestyle and the way rappers had a crew of other rappers. That's where the label and clothing label, Clandestine Industry, shout out, really came from. At the time, Fall Out Boy was a pretty small band, relatively speaking. They could headline small clubs, but Decay Dance was a bold idea full of wild ambition, one which I think is one of Pete's best assets. I love that. Spoken like a true manager, too. I mean, I'm going to give it up, Jonathan. Um, Travi had to say about all this, all these dudes in those bands, they all wanted to be rappers. Then I come around and they're just like, all right, well, at least we got Travi on the team. Look, that is so real. Let me continue. That was the aim. You got Death Row. You got G-Unit. He wanted the pop punk emo version of that. I saw that vision and I was completely with it. Jonathan Daniels then jumps in with Patrick loved Travi and wanted to help gym class. So him jumping on Cupid's chokehold and then close off was really the start of the collaborations. It ended up being a number one song three years later. This is a game about longevity and 
this is not Jonathan being quoted. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Marianne, for this amazing article that I just referenced. But um, this is just the beginning and understandings of what it means for Fall Out Boy's trajectory later on and how much they were able to express and play with this thought and feeling of being part of this bigger collective. Like, I wasn't kidding when I was like, yo, this feels like my Marvel Universe IRL because Cobra Starship, Gabe Supporter, the Academy is, William Beckett, um, and all these folks coming together uh, really made a, a ton of sense to me at the time. And even when we get to talking about Patrick and Gym Class Heroes, the production on that album, um, I remember like Gym Class was like my roots, okay? And we're going to dive deeper into that, but I just thought it was so perfect to touch on that and probably actually end on that. Next, we dive into 2005. This was a huge year, or like the like the wine connoisseurs say, oh, uh, 2005 was, you know, was a great year. I'm swirling my proverbial uh, wine glass, but that was the year that From Under the Court Tree came out. Um, that was also where the relationships with Jay-Z and Island Def Jam started really coming together. We'll talk about the chains, y'all, the Rockefeller chains that Fall Out Boy got. We'll talk about um, Alan Ferguson, who was a music video director of theirs and did some of your favorite videos. I don't even have to ask. I know it's some of your favorite videos and you're gonna be mind blown when you learn a little bit more about him, as well as covering some rappers that sampled things like Sugar Were Going Down in their songs. I mean, as, as, as recently as like 2020, so I'm really excited to dig into that with y'all. But for now, I need to catch a breath. I'm so excited. Tune in next time. Until then, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And if you like what you heard, give me feedback. I can be found on sugarwe'regoingin at gmail.com, sugarwe'regoinginpod on Instagram. And you can find me, Scarlett Estelle, one T, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-E-S-T-E-L-L-E on Instagram and Twitter. I would love to hear from you. Um, but finally, thank y'all so much for listening. Looking forward to taking this journey with y'all. And sugar, we went in. Thank you.